husband's there and if he if, if she says amen well he's gonna hear but if there's something that we need to know is that marriage is something very important in the church if Satan can destroy marriage and there's going to be problems we all have problems and there are marriages that know how to repair it better than others and there are other marriages that look perfect but they're not so perfect but today I'm not going to give a conference on marriage but I just said that that you would feel better with your partner I want to leave a word with you how many came to hear word from God and when I hung up the telephone with the pastor I asked him do you want me to speak on a certain topic I started to pray at home know Lord that I am a preacher that I don't like to preach my emotions or what I feel I I don't like to preach what I see because there are preachers that study the church and they preach what they see but I'm not one that likes that so I open the Bible and the Spirit of God falls on me and I'm sitting on the sofa and I feel something tremendous on my life God begins to minister to me I want you to preach in 1st Corinthians chapter 13 and I said what but but give me something with fire in it Lord give me something that makes people jump and uh, move and be excited coming out of the, the service saying that message just help me no I want you to preach the first Corinthians chapter 13 but why Lord and God said there is nothing greater or more powerful than my love and this is what God told me listen if there is something that the church today doesn't have it's love <coughs> love to, towards me and love towards the brethren towards each other and you know what the problem is that we run we we dr- jump we speak in tongues we sing but we don't love each other And later, we're here crying like a hypocrite. Oh, I need you, God. But you can't love the one that you see every Sunday. The Bible says, go and leave your offering on the altar. Wow. But before you do that, I want you to go to your brother and get that situation fixed I'm going to go a little more deeper here are people sitting here and they don't even talk to each other 
There are people here seated that look at each other every Sunday and when, and, and, and when you go out through the door, you say, that person, I'm not, I don't like that person. That person ticks me off. I don't, I don't get, get along. But later, when you see her, you say, oh, God bless you. How are you doing? So this morning, this is a message that maybe confronts you. If you don't like it, I don't care. I'm here. Not I'm, I'm not here to make you feel good. Or I sometimes don't like it when pastors. I go to give a conference and pastors that invite me. Something that I don't like about pastors is they want to make the services in such a way so that fielding the people will feel comfortable but this is not what church is about the church is a place that you can come to and God confronts you are you here are you listening the church is a place where you come to take out the devils that you have inside Are you here? The church is a place where you come to be corrected. I was preaching, and I'm going to come into the message. I was preaching in a place, and the topic of that conference was the prophetic unction. There was about seven preachers, and I was one of many. And all the preachers were talking about the revelation, the prophetic revelation opens heaven, it changes things, it's going to bless you, the revelation, prophetic revelation is going to bring help, and they start, and I'm here sitting, and and thinking, they forgot one thing, the prophetic unction corrects, the prophetic anointing corrects, There was pastors that had such unction, such anointing, prophetic anointing. They, and I thought they spoke of everything except that the anointing, the prophetic anointing corrects because sometimes all we're interested in is that the church stay full. Nobody likes that message. Because everybody wants somebody to tell you, God's going to bless you. God's going to prosper you. There's a house on its way. Oh, there's a car on its way. There's an increase in your salary. That's what people want to hear. That's what. But when a preacher comes and says, hey, quit fornicating. (laughs) Quit Quit talking about other people. Quit looking at the woman that's not yours. That preacher, nobody likes him because he's he's not preaching what people want to hear. Holy. Thank you.
I said, are you sure, Lord, you want me to preach this? He's my friend. You know that pastor, his, his wife is my friend. I love their children. I don't want him to say, well, the people left after that message. But that's the problem of the church today. We want an experience, but we don't want relationship. We want prophecy, but we don't want the God that gives the prophecy. Are you here with me, church? So this afternoon, if you allow me to comment a little bit and don't get mad at me, open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians. When you all have it, give me a heavy, loud amen. Glory to his name, church. We're going to be standing in reverence to God's word. good. Pastor, if you let me take my jacket off, right? Again, I want to thank everybody those that took time to come here. I want you just to open your minds and your hearts Don't get mad. Don't get feeling bad. I know you don't you don't like me too much, many. But that's something that an an evangelist when I was twelve years old, those of you know that my testimony, almost all my life I've been preaching. One evangelist, the one that anointed me and uh, spoke to me about my calling, said, you're not going to, not everybody's going to like you, especially if you preach the truth and there are people that are going to maybe hate you when there are people that speak truth. The the truth makes you uncomfortable. That's why the Bible says you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. The problem is, that what frees you is not the truth. What frees you is to know the truth. Are you with me? Look at the one at your side and say, look at, you're, you're going to know the truth and the truth is going to make you free. Look what 1 Corinthians 13 says. First, first verse, though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not love I have become sounding brass or a clinging cymbal two and though I have the gift of prophecy understand all mysteries and all knowledge and though I have all faith so that what if I have what all faith 
not that the Apostle Paul places supreme love over faith. Because in all our churches, we have heard the greatest thing that you should have is faith. But look here. The Apostle Paul said, if I have all faith, you can have all the faith the faith that moves mountains, but if you do not have love, you're, you're good for nothing. Look at how important is love for God. That God says, I'm not interested in your faith. I'm interested in see if you're full of love. And I don't say it. If I have all faith so that I can remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me nothing. Let's go to verse 12 now. Oh, chapter 12, the apostle talks about a gift. I don't want you to ignore concerning spiritual gifts. Chapter 12, 1, same book. We, we, we read chapter 13, now we're 12. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You can be seated now. In chapter 12, but chapter 13, the Apostle Paul is speaking to the same church, speaking to the church of the Corinthians. But even though there are two different teachings, they are teachings that connect together. The only difference is that in 12, it talks about gifts. And in 13, it speaks of love. Preacher, you say, but if you're going to speak of love, why did you read 12, chapter 12? Because as I said, the message connects. In 12, the apostle Paul speaks of a gift, of the word gifts. What preacher, what is a gift? In all of the Bible, the word gift, aroya, means a power that is manifested through a believer. The, the word says a manifestation of power that the Holy Spirit uses through a believer. What's a gift? A manifestation of power that the Holy Spirit operates through a believer. But there are three principles quickly that I want to leave on gifts. First, the first principle, from where does the gift come? We're going to say, well, men, it's the Holy Spirit. Well, yeah, it's the Holy Spirit. But there's something that I'm not in accord with. There are some, some that say, servant, you were born with that gift. 
no, I want to tell you, nobody is born with a gift. Nobody. The gift is obtained through a seeking and prayer and in fasting. Are you listening to me, church? The gift is obtained through a seeking and intimacy with the Lord and prayer, maybe fasting. As you are seeking the Lord, He begins to deposit gifts in you. But you know why and what the problem is in the church? They confuse their talent with their gift. Oh boy. Your talent is one thing and your gift is another. There are people that say, like, I know to sing, I know to sing, so that's my ministry. As I know how to play the bass guitar, that's my ministry. As I know, hallelujah, to dance, my ministry is dance. No, 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 no. The gift is something that comes from God, but the talent is something that you are born with and you develop. Are you here with me? Singing is not your ministry. I'm going to tell you the next 20 minutes are going to be the most boring of your life because I'm going to touch a little bit of history and how many like history but I tell you so you would learn talent is something that you were born with and you develop but the gift is something that comes from God comes from the Holy Spirit singing is not a gift it's a talent playing a bass guitar is not a ministry it's a talent are you listening it's a talent a talent is something that God has given you so that you have a way of worshiping him are you here there are people that worship with dance and other worship with singing others with playing an instrument others just uh, hey they clap their hands and they worship him with their voice but the purpose of a talent is that you would have a form of worshiping him. Are you here? But it, David had a talent to play the arp, but it was his his calling was a king. The Bible says that when David played the harp, demo, demo, demons and spirits would leave of the kingdom, but they would leave of the man. You can see and be a blessing with your talent, but your talent is not your ministry. Are you here? Say amen if you're here with me. So say with me, do not confuse your gift with your talent. First principle, say with me, first principle. The gift comes from the Holy Spirit. Second principle, 
what is the purpose of the gift? Does somebody know what the purpose of the gift is? The why of the gift? Why? God gave you the gift that you have. One person said to edify. Yes, it helps, it edifies. But the purpose of the gift, the greatest purpose of the gift, first is the purpose of your gift is so that you would be a better service. I'm going to say it again. The purpose of your gift is that you would be a better service, not so that they would serve you. I have been with the best of preachers, I tell you. I have been in big churches of 1,000, 4,000, 800, 900, whatever you want. I have been in great events and something that I've seen is that when the man that has a powerful gift, most preachers like them to serve them, serve the preacher. Yes? When you look at YouTube, all the preachers today promote everything that they do they get up on an airplane, when they get down of an airplane, when, when they preach in front of thousands, when they're praying for a sick, put the, put the camera right here where I'm praying because I want everybody to see me. Hello? Are you here? They promote their preaching. They promote when they're in big events, but when they're in a small church, they don't promote that. Why? Because that's what it is. Promotion. Personal promotion. And they use the gift of God to make themselves serviced. The gift is not for your own personal lucre or gain. I'm going to repeat that. The gift is not for your gain, personal gain. The, the gift is not so that you would become famous. The gift is not so that people would say God is using greater him than using another one. The gift, God gives it to you so that you would be of a greater service and so that you might be a greater blessing and that faith in the church would be increased. So it's not about who does it better. It's not about who preaches better. It's not anything about I have more than you. It's about the, to be a servant. It's about being a servant. Hello. It's not about people knowing your name. It's not about people knowing who you are. 
or that people might it's so people would know who God is through you hello somebody say amen or at least make pretend you're you're, you're hearing do something some people here with their their face longer than a, than a stick come on smile Jesus loves you The gift is not for your own personal gain. The gift is so that you might serve others. When God gives you a gift, He gives it to you with the word meaning responsibility and your responsibility with that gift is to be a blessing to restore to lift up are you here you say preacher but why is he speaking to me of the gift if he said he was gonna preach on love I'm gonna tell you why because our churches today have gone into a I want to be where the gifts of God are moving that's good because the Bible says we cannot ignore the spiritual gifts they're necessary in the church a church that does not have the gifts that are moving as a dead church a church that does not have gifts activated as a church where God is not present because the gifts are evidence of what God does he speaks, he heals, he frees, he restores. How many say amen? But the problem is that as a church, we want anointing, but we don't want to mature. Are you hearing church? So the people of the Apostle Paul we want to lure about uh, speaking in tongues about the gift of healing. We want to hear about all those things. That was what was in Corinthians. But when I studied about the Corinthians, they were a powerful church, but also a church with a lot of weaknesses. You know, yes, yes. When you start studying Corinthians, the church in Corinthians was a church that jumped that believed in the power of God, they spoke in tongues, they danced, but they didn't heal. The church was really jealous one of another. They spoke about each other. They always, Paul said, there's no lack of unction here, of anointing here, we, we lack character. Holy, holy. How many want me to keep on preaching, huh? Lift your hand up if you want me to keep on preaching. So, querían, they wanted anointing. They wanted that fire. I have the fire. I have the fire. From my head up to my toes, I've got the fire. But the problem is the Apostle Paul noticed is that they had jealousy one toward another they had speaking about each other they spoke 
But Paul said, wait, anointing without character does not function. Are you, is, are you here with me? Oh, unction or anointing is good, but the character helps you to maintain the unction or the anointing that God gives you. Are you here? So Paul said, the gifts are good because the gifts reveal what God does, but love reveals what God is. That reveals what God is, not what God does. And the problem, many churches, they reveal what God does, but they don't reveal what God is. Really, at, at this moment, I'm not interested that you would say amen or speak in tongues or jump because I know that God has confronted two or three here. So now the Apostle Paul changes his message from the gift to love. Come back with me to chapter 13. Hallelujah. Look how the Apostle Paul starts this teaching. (coughs) He starts talking to those that are super spiritual. You know who the super spiritual are. Those that go to the mountain and God spoke to them. And and God usually speaks to them only. Those are the spiritual ones. When I was pastoring the church, my, my, my dad, my dad had a big church. I was... And the leaders asked me to help him. <coughs> Sister spoke to me and said, I'm going to be your co-pastor. I said, wow. And I was 22 years old at that time. I said, well, this is a way of manipulating me. And she said, God revealed that I'm going to be your co-pastor. I said, sir, but there's a problem with that because God didn't tell me nothing. (laughs) And until God speaks to me, you're not going to be co-pastor. You're going to be nothing with nobody. You're going to be sitting right there by yourself until God speaks to me what I have to do with you. Look how the Apostle Paul starts this teaching. If I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but I do not have love, it does matter. I'm nothing. I am like a sounding brass or clanging cymbal. You know what he's saying here? He's comparing a Christian that does not have love to an ugly noise. A Christian that does not have love sounds bad. It doesn't matter how beautiful you look, you're ugly. 
now hear me, hear me. It doesn't. When I started to study this, you're like a metal that just sounds a brass sounding symbol and just clanging symbol. You're just an ugly sound that bothers. Wow. <clears throat> I'm going to put it in another way. If I tell you the one that was playing the, the drums, I want you to go up there and you hit a hundred times the cymbal. Because the cymbals that it's talking about here in the Bible was a cymbal that was bigger than that door. And a big strong man with muscles. When he, it was his time to hit that cymbal, you could be at a little long distance you could hear it it was a terrible sound that bothered and if I tell the person it's touch, touching the battery the pastor is going to tell you I can't concentrate on the on the message because that sound bothers me you know what God is saying maybe you're saying it to many here seated you know many of you God is saying if you don't have love you're a bother to this church. <laughs> the one that comes to a church and is not full of love is a bother. Is something that hinders. If you don't have love, you're not a blessing. You're a problem. You're going to be the one that's going to start a bother in the church. You're going to be the one that's in the flesh, not in the spirit. And God is saying, I want people that reflects my love. If you do not reflect the love of Christ, you are a bother for this church, a hindrance for this church. Holy God. This church, we don't want hindrances. If this church doesn't, you don't feel good, don't start commenting or saying things. Go to another church and look for another church where you feel good. Don't speak stupidity. Don't contaminate other people with your thoughts. Don't become somebody that speaks about others. If this church is not for you and we don't aren't make you feel good, no problem. Nobody is obligating to stay here. If you don't like this church, what in the world are you doing here? When I was a pastor many pastors say oh I need the people to stay no if you want to go go I was one of those pastors I said if you don't like the church I know the certain churches are very liberal they like uh, sin you go over there uh, they accept everything you go over there you're going to be feeling good because you can go but if God doesn't leave If you leave, but the presence of God does not leave, ADS is going to be okay. 
we do not want hindrances. We want people that reflect the love that God gives. If you don't like it, you can leave. If you don't like it here, shut up and move on. Tell the person next to you, we don't need hindrances. Tell him, don't don't be afraid. We do not want hindrances here. We want people that love each other, that respect each other, that help each other, that lift each other up. You fell in sin, well, here I am to lift you up. Here I am. You don't have food. Here is something so your, your family can eat. You need some help. Here I am to help you. That's what God wants. That's love. Are you with me? No, not servant. I love you. I had to, uh, I, I had to sh- shake her hand because I had to shake her hand. But, but that's not what I wanted to do. God wants people that genuinely love each other. Are you with me? Tell the one next to you. We don't want hindrances. Let's say it together. We don't want hindrances. second principle that says and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and have all knowledge and though I have all faith so that I could not remove mountains but I do not have love I am nothing so there are three things first I'm not important with your gift to prophesy or your intellect Third, I'm not interested even in your faith. See what God's saying. Three things important. I'm not interested in your gift or your intellect. Uh, if you have a doctorate or you have a study, what? I'm not even interested in your faith. If what I give you you cannot minister it with love. You're no no good. Two or three say, I don't understand. Well, let's see if you understand it this way. Son, it doesn't matter. If you grow in what you do, if you don't grow in what you are, not important life that you would grow in what you do but if you do not grow in what you are you see God says the sisters are saying amen say it pastor you might be a great 
woman to prophesy but irresponsible at your home when I go into your house everything is dirty the house is not clean the, the dishes are not washed the house is all in, in disarray it doesn't matter that you be a good pastor but you're a bad servant for your children holy holy God do we continue because like I see two or three of you Lift up your hands if you want me to continue. I have to know it's not of a matter that you would grow in your gift, but you don't grow in your personal and spiritual life. Because even the devil prophesies. The devil knows how to preach even better than I devil knows how to collect good offerings that's why you cannot let you go by the gift because many will come in the last days doing miracles and healings and speaking with a power word and convince people I'm not interested in your gift to prophesy or your intellect or what you know. What I'm interested in is that when people see you, they would see the love of God that's in you. It's not important, Pastor, that you be a great leader in the church. But you have a frustrated home because you're going you're going to find God in the church, but you're going to find the devil at home because a woman that is mad. <laughs> God, holy God, that's why I'm wise. My wife is also Puerto Rican, and Puerto Rican women are not easy. I'm also Puerto Rican. I'm not easy. When a Puerto Rican woman gets mad, I know you're preaching on love. We got to sit down and talk. But I want to go from this house with the blessing of God, and I can't be preaching and having a woman mad at me at home in, in, in bed. You know, okay, I, I forgive you. And, and she gives me a little kiss on the, on the forehead and said, now we're going to talk. And sometimes when I come back, she doesn't even remember. She got mad. Oh, he came back. Thank you, Lord. But what God is saying doesn't matter if you grow in what you do but you need to grow in what you are your growth has to have a balance if you're going to grow in the things of God you have to grow as a husband you're going to have to grow as a wife if you're going to grow as a good preacher you're going to have have to grow as a great man that loves his children are you with me church 
because sooner or later, what is not balanced falls. Now, Pastor, how many leaders are here? Lift up your hands, all the leaders of this church, those that help in sound or dance or deacon. Lift up your hands. I want to. I want to see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Let's see the hands. See the hands. 13, 14, 15, 16, 22, 17. I, I counted about 17. I, 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 I would imagine two or three just because of fear didn't lift your hands. I'd be scared of myself too. I understand. But listen to me. This is the stick that's coming your way. I'm going to explain why. It's the correcting stick. When I was pastoring my father's church, many pastors, I was the first one that got there before the church, about two hours before, and would incline myself. I would get on my knees at the altar and pray. People would start coming early. And one day, I want you to sit down, all the leaders. How can I do that? There are leaders, there are greater leaders in the years that I've lived. It started with my dad, started on radio. How do you want me to sit them down? I'm going to reveal to you the condition of their heart because there are bad leaders hypocrites pastor we love you and then they go in a house to speak bad about you anyway I don't want to offend anybody all of a sudden I'm at the table when I'm at the table I told the leaders the spirit told me to sit down everybody one told me bad words even mentioned my mama and my dad my grandma mentioned uh, other one said I leave the church I said well go another said when I go from the church I'm going to take a group we'll go if, if they go with you, they were never from us. And I sat down. I said, Lord, did I do the correct thing? I just did what you asked me. And God said, the, what happens is that your dad chose the leaders for their ability, but not for their heart. And the problem that many pastors say that one preaches well that one has good talent that one speaks good he's wow he's good with the people I'm going to put place him as a leader when you're going to put another person as a leader don't put him up until God speaks to you that's why churches there's division because you place the leader that was mistaken 
the wrong one in the area that was wrong. Servant. There's a difference, but the one that serves and the one that serves because of love. You listen, there's a difference. The one that serves and the leader that serves with love. Are you here? Look, look at what the Apostle Paul is saying. If I gave away, bestowed all my goods. You say, you're giving it all away. You're making a good action. You're doing a good deed. You're sharing, right? If I gave away, bestowed all my goods to feed the poor. And though I give my very body to be burned, but I do not have love. It doesn't matter. You, God says you cannot be a person that does something good with a bad intention. I'm going to say it again. You cannot be a leader that does good actions with bad intentions. If I reveal to the pastor that I love him, he's going to give me a position in the church. And when I already have the confidence of the pastor and the confidence of two or three members, then I take them with me. speaking here but it's time to receive hear me hear me well there's something that I like in this church this church doesn't have flowers at the altars I go to churches it looks like a funeral home up there with flowers flowers all over the place but yet there's a dead God Hear me well. Now, Sister Pastor, what's your full name? Patricia. Tell me, servant, when the pastor Patricia comes. Because I want the pastor Patricia see that I put the flowers here, but you tell me when she comes. So then I'll place the flowers there. I want her to see me. Oh, she's coming. Oh, God bless you, Pastora. How you doing? Oh, it's so good. God bless you, Pastora. Look, I'm. what are you doing? I'm placing the flowers in the church. <laughs> I did this. I did this. I put the flower. I did it. So that's the way there are many leaders. Nope. Worried, Pastor, but Sunday announced that I worked with you. But the 
leader that does it by love sows and then he hides. And when they ask him, who put the flowers? He says, Shh, nobody needs to know that I put them. If God knows that I did the work for me, it's enough. You need to learn to give your life and then hide. Hide your hand. To give it because the glory, God's going to give it to you. You sow and then you hide your hand. The leader has to be willing to die for its church and and the reward comes from God. My wife gets mad. They say in the church they use you. They they suck your blood out. You do everything. They do events. You preach. You teach. And not even a dollar they give you. And my wife, I told her, be, be, be nice, wife. Because I know there's a God that's seeing everything that I'm doing. And I know that the reward is going to come from him. If somebody wants to lift up their hands, say glory to God with me. Never be tired of doing right, even though nobody sees you, even though nobody says thank you, even though nobody hugs you, you continue to do good because there is something that comes from God for your life. Never get tired of doing what's right. If somebody is bad to you, bless him. If somebody leaves the church, you can say, you can go, but we, we'll, we'll wait here with our arms open if you want to come back. You're here we bless the one that, that hurts you, that speaks about you bad. Even love him, the one that does you evil. Love him because God's going to involve himself in, in fighting for you and defend you you don't even have to say a word God is going to extend his hand and show that he is with you never get tired of sowing get tired leader of ADS you're not working for the pastor you're working for God and when your mentality learns that pastor is not going to have to tell you I need help are you with me a person that has good intentions but at the same time to do something bad are you with me are you are you understanding give your life for this church church I, I clean bathrooms yes 
I still take the mop and I mop at my church. I still go with the, the vacuum cleaner at my church, vacuuming. You say, no, I'm a servant. I don't have to do those things. Jesus washed the, the, the stinky feet of the disciples. Servant, you know how those feet, at that time, they didn't bathe every day. At that time, there wasn't a place where you could cut your nails or, or, or the toenails. You know how black and dirty they were walking in those feet all, all the time. The longest, maybe, toenails it could have be. Jesus came and said, you, you sit down right there. I'm going to show you what I do. I'm going to kneel in front of you and I'm going to wash your feet. You want to be great in heaven. Be a servant on this earth. so you can be happy and go eat pupusas if there's pupusas. But God is saying, and you know I'm not finished. I have a part two to this. Are you here with me? If you're a leader in this church, do it with a pure heart. Pastor, what do you need? Here I am. Don't wait for a reward because the reward comes from God. Are you here? We're not wanting to be hypocrite Christians, but Christians with love. Are you here? And look and see that I'm not lying if I keep on preaching. We read the first three verses of 13, right? There's still from four all the way to 13. Another two hours. But I'm going to have mercy with you. So you go happy to your homes. I'm going to preach part two when I come back. This message was not for you to run and jump, but to say to yourself, "I lack love. I don't know how to. For, I don't know how to be forgiven. I don't. I, I need to forgive." It doesn't matter what the dance you do here if your heart is not clean. This pastor is tripping. He's just hurting it. He's just seeing everybody. Well. It doesn't matter using all your calories. I don't know how they do it. They, they go a whole hour dancing. But they don't forgive. And all this, but they don't love. And ooh, when they're offended, Oh, a certain one looked at me bad. Well, what happened? From 
from why do looking at somebody hurt hurts you or kills you. No, you have to be. When somebody does something to you, he is a powerful Israel. But you don't forgive. And you don't pray at your home. You don't read the word. You go looking at Netflix and Hulu and every kind of trash. It's not just dancing, but living the dance. That you would say, I can dance. I can dance with liberty because I forgive, because I love. I can play with liberty because I don't just play, but I live what I'm playing. I'm sure after this message, not even food they're going to give me. Musicians need to get prepared too because come prepared. What I want to say is this if we're going to be Christians, we're going to be true Christians. That's all I'm trying to tell you. Nobody is perfect. I know that I'm not perfect. I have my weaknesses. I have moments. I said, why do you want me to preach if these people are not going to listen to me? I preach what you give me and then people get mad at me. If you don't like the message, don't invite me anymore. I don't understand the people. They come asking for money and prophesying what they want to hear and you say they're a man of God you say that one prophesied oh God he is lying not prophesying he prophesying <laughs> prophesying not prophesying oh God's going to give me a house. What What are you, a thief? I was in Alma Vision preaching. I'm preaching. I'm preaching under the anointing and up on top. There's a clock that says how many minutes, and then there how many people are calling on TV. 300, 500 calls were coming in. It, it was a teleton. And I'm preaching. When I see that my time is, is ending, I said, now I'm going to finish. And the one that's running the program says, don't leave, don't leave. Look at the calls that are coming through. 
one that wants the anointing of this young man send an offering of $1,000 right now. I wanted to take the microphone and hit him with it. What? One call came through. Said Ventura. I love, I like you a lot. Not in per person, but I've heard you preach. I've heard you preach since you were, I was a child. I said, okay, look, Ventura, I don't have a thousand. I have 200. I have cancer. I'm dying. Not take that. I said, servant, if you want God to heal you, the anointing of this man is more than two hundred dollars. I grabbed the microphone and I grabbed it out. I said, servant, you don't have to send me thousand. We pray for healing for you right now. After when I got down, I told that pastor, that's why the gospel is like it is for people like you. That's why people do want do not want to give in the churches. They don't want to offering. They don't want to tithe because they say what I'm doing is that the pastor would become rich. No, no, it's not this way. There are bad people. I know there are people that ask and take take advantage. But still there are men, even few men, but they do it for the right reasons. Are you here? Are you here with me? God spoke to me last night and today in the morning. I'm going to do great things with my church, with ADS. There's an expansion that I'm going to do with them. God said, that's why I invite you to preach to them the truth. Because there are two or three there that say that they are, but they're not. Two or three that apparent a holy life, but they don't live it. truly and with all your heart stand stand to your feet church close your eyes Lift your hands up. I'm not going to make a call to prayer because the Spirit told me my word was sufficient. My word declared strongly and clearly.
speak to you because I love you. The Lord says, because I want you to be saved. Here I come soon. And many are going to have to present themselves before me and show themselves. Many are going to have to show to me for what they spoke, what they said, for the life that they lived. And it's in my heart, the Lord says, that everybody would be saved. Start to seek me in spirit and in truth, because here I have sent my servant to speak to you, God says. Many that think that they're fooling me, but they're not doing it. What happened is that I have mercy, the Lord says, because even I gave a, an opportunity to Jezebel to repent. I am a God of opportunities. not be living a life in the church and living another life outside of the church. I'm calling many to repentance. I'm calling many, says the Lord, because my coming is close. to holiness, says the Lord. You cannot be coming to church seeing things on the telephone because you don't have to be looking at the telephone. The Spirit of God re reveals to me there are many that battle with pornography here. Nobody hides from God. There are many that are battling with sin. Says, I have not put you to shame because I don't, I'm not a God who likes to put to shame, but I'm putting my Holy Spirit here to work with you. There are many that I'm calling to fix their life with me, to fix their life with their wives or their husbands, with their children. God and praise the Lord and praise God. And worship God, people. Worship the Lord. 
there is an anointing. Alex, lift up your hands there where you are. Where are you? Close your eyes. This is the Holy Spirit speaking to you. you to you and your wife because you has have have been faithful with this church says the Holy Spirit even in moments where you were tired without strength, given me the best of your life and God says there is a reward with your name on it continue doing what you're doing I want to give you and your wife a reward and you're going to remember this word God says wife are doing is not in vain. I feel the anointing of God here. God says prepare yourself for what's coming Alex. Because what's coming is great. telling me I bring new people to this place because the man that I call I back him up and if you know that you need from God lift up that hand before God say I recognize my condition I recognize where I'm at there are many people here without strength say Lord I need strength
lift up your hands and say thank you, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. translation to English.